Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas, and I'm so glad you're tuning in today. In this episode, we are diving into the world of sibling relationships. Katherine Schwarzenegger Pratt, New York Times bestselling author of the children's book, Goodnight Sister, philanthropist and mom herself, is sharing her unique perspective and experiences on this often complex and also cherished sibling bond. In this conversation, she's opening up about her own relationships with her siblings, highlighting the joys and lessons learned along the way, and all of the rituals and pieces of these relationships that she's bringing in to her own role as a mom in supporting her daughters, and what inspired her in writing the book, Goodnight Sister. Together, we are exploring the dynamics that can shape sibling relationships, the impact of birth order, and how nurturing these connections can contribute to personal growth and emotional well-being. I'm so glad you're tuning in today. You can learn more about Catherine's work and the book, Goodnight Sister, at the link in the show notes. Let's dive in. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a mom to three and licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm really glad that you took the time to hold space for you by tuning in to today's episode. My hope with this podcast is to share conversations with experts from around the world and parents who've been through it so that maybe you feel a little less alone in your experiences and the messy side of being a parent and being a human and so that you can walk away with supportive steps for what to do next. Listening to this episode is not a substitute for seeking support from a professional in your area. I believe that holding space and offering presence to both ourselves and others is truly one of the most meaningful ways that we can express care. And you are so deserving of that care. All right, are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and join me today. I'm so excited to get another chance to chat with you because We've we've been able to do this a few times, but on Instagram through your before, during, after baby platform and space, and I'm just really excited to get a chance to now share you and our conversation with the Holding Space audience. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so I I'm thinking that most people may know who you are, but just for for the listener and just to give you a chance to intro yourself. Give us a sense of who you are, what lights you up, and and then we'll we'll go from there. My name is Katherine Schwarzenegger. I um, am a mom. I'm an author. I'm a wife, um, and I am really excited to be here to talk about BDA Baby, which is a um, Instagram live series that I started when I had my first daughter in the thick of COVID. And um, I had my second daughter last year and launched my latest children's book, Goodnight Sister, about a couple months ago now. And I've been really just loving talking in this space and just learning so much from fellow moms and about so many different subjects, but all falling under the umbrella of before, during, and after baby. And I'm so happy to be talking to you 
again, we've done a couple um, conversations just about a variety of different things, but um, it's, it's nice to be back and talking to you. Yes, it's so nice to be connecting with you again. And I, I actually want to start with BDA because I think it's it's such an inc- you've had so many incredible guests on the podcast, and one of the things I really appreciated about our conversations on there was just your your willingness to be really real about how hard it is, and and also you know ways that we can get support for the hard so that we can reconnect with the joy and with presence. And I, I'm dying to hear from you because you've obviously been present for every single one of those conversations mm-hmm. with so many topics. What, what are, what have been some of the like golden takeaways for you that you think every new parent needs to hear. And then what I'm going to do is go back and link some of those episodes in the show notes so that folks can go and hear the whole conversation. But like if you were to pick like your golden takeaways, like what have been some of those topics or pieces of advice that have just been like life-changing for you? I think just like the overall theme of, you know, being gentle and kind to yourself. I feel like especially in the time that I became a mom, it was such a challenging time of unknown and stress and anxiety and also wanting to celebrate this like big, beautiful moment of becoming a mom for the first time. And Mm. I think after talking to so many different people about a variety of different subjects and experiences and walks of life, just knowing that you're not alone, I feel like is the biggest kind of common thread with everything. And um, I think that that's really amazing because whether it's picky eaters or, you know, Mm -hmm. partnership after baby or, you know, um, breastfeeding, like there are so many different subjects that some of them are amazing and beautiful and some of them are really challenging and um, not so fun to talk about. But just this kind of idea of being able to know that you're not the only person experiencing whatever it is you're experiencing and that there are more people. We just have to have these conversations is Mm -hmm. I think the most important part of this whole series that I've kind of been able to take away. So it's not a specific episode as much as it is just an overall theme within all of the episodes that I think is a important takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. And would you say that, um, would, do you feel like – do you wish that these are things that you would have known before <laughs> before your first was here? I mean – I feel of- like honestly I don't know that it would have hit the same mm, for me yeah. had I been told it before because I'm sure like I – I'm sure that, you know, I have heard many times from my friends who've had kids before me like, oh, this part of pregnancy is really challenging or this part of postpartum is really challenging. And yeah, I've always found it interesting. I was somebody who always watched birthing videos, like definitely way <laughs> before I even had my first daughter. I just like, I've loved the motherhood space. I've loved the, you know, pregnancy, postpartum. Like I've loved all of that for my whole life. But when you're really experiencing it, it's very different because you can really apply. And, and also your interest level is a totally different, you know, um, part of when you're able to actually receive and digest information. So it's definitely, um, 
there are some things that like, you know, maybe if somebody had given me a heads up about like postpartum life, I would have been able to be like, okay, that's coming. Or that would be like a little bit different, but honestly, like just really experiencing it and, um, you know, being present in it and also just like being as present as I was because there was nowhere else to go. Like I, you know, when I had my, my first daughter, it was August of 2020. So we were like in the thick of the pandemic. Yeah. And I was really, you know, it was a lot of just like spending time at home and just like waiting for things to unfold. And when I had my second daughter last year, it was, you know, a year and a half difference, but it was very different as far as like my postpartum experience and just being able to have a little bit more of a support system with Mm. the moms that I had around me and my family. And so that was a different kind of um, experience and also different kind of like interest level of certain subjects. So, you know, I think that there, there's obviously a ton that we can do to prepare people. And I think just being there to be supportive when they're actually in it and experiencing Mm -hmm. it is probably the most helpful. And I feel like was definitely a a big part of my um, different experience with postpartum the second time around. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was a therapist. I was a therapist when my first was born. She's 11, going to be 12 this year. So over a decade ago, and I was a therapist and I like really, we took birth classes and I took a breastfeeding class, you know, infant CPR and the nursery was like, you know, designed and like I spent so much time in that space. I really loved just preparing in that way and all the little outfits and all coordinated based on size and the registry. I did all the research and then we had her and it it was like shit hit the fan. Like, like, li- like literally I didn't know, like literally like shit, like projectile newborn poop, like all over the nursery <laughs> that we had designed, right? Like dripping down the like little ruffle curtains and him walking in, you know, him, him struggling with postpartum depression, which I didn't know non-birthing partners could experience me struggling with postpartum anxiety and just staring at each other with like so much resentment and so exhausted. And my birth was traumatic, but my body was still healing. And I, I, and I felt shame Mm -hmm. and that shame is what stood in the way for me to get support. And so when I hear you say how important like the relationships were, right? Like when we find the people who have like earned the right to be in that vulnerable space with us and we take the like meaningful risk, because it feels like a risk to our body, right? Our body's like, and our mind and our heart are like, it's, it's like, it's like shitty in here, right? Like inside, in the house, in the home, like behind closed doors. And to let somebody in to see that, that's the antidote to shame, right? When And shame just continuing to fester that isolation. The antidote to shame is that meaningful risk of saying, hey, it's rough in here. Like, mm-hmm. And then in that, right, making building a bridge to feeling not less alone and then taking those steps to get all the support for all the beautiful resources that you have provided a space to amplify in BDA, whether it's pelvic floor support, right, or lactation support, right, or processing a traumatic birth or supporting you and your partner in like reclaiming connection and intimacy. Like the first step is to find those 
people in our life, and sometimes it's a therapist, sometimes it's a natural support in our life to say, hey, it's really messy in here. Like, and I, I want to, I'm going to let you in and this feels really scary, but I'm going to take that step. And so right. I think that, yeah, I think the, the the best piece of advice for somebody who's expecting or in the thick of it is, you know, identifying those people, who those people are. And yeah, your village. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you wrote this beautiful book, Good Night Sister, and it's been I I wanted a sister like so bad growing up when my my parents would give me like um my parents would give me you know like little toy catalogs to like circle what I wanted for Christmas and I would circle the girls the models like oh my in gosh, that's <laughs> so cute I was like give me a sister I had two younger brothers and you know my my mom would always just be like Cassidy like it's Santa can't bring you a sister. Like, let's get what kind of? I'm like, nope. I just, I just want one of these girls to be my sister. And when we found out that our third was going to be a girl, I was just, I was, I was, I was so thrilled. And I have to just say how meaningful it's been um, to see my oldest. That we have a huge age gap. So she's, you know, going to be 12 this year and um you and I, my youngest is the same is the same age as your your yeah. first. And so um she's going to be 3 at the end of July and like seeing them read it together, it's just it's meaningful to me personally. And I imagine that this book is meaningful to you personally as well. Um and so I'd love to hear a little bit about for you, that transition to two, and then writing the book and the traditions that for you, having siblings that you wanted to bring into and foster and nurture in your daughter's relationships as as sisters. I mean, I I feel so lucky every single day to be as close as I am to my siblings and my parents. Like mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I always like to be clear with my kids and the idea of like raising siblings, like, yes, you'll have moments of fighting and yes, you'll have moments of like not loving to be around one another, but it's all coming back to a place and an understanding of deep love and appreciation for one another. And that the kind of bond and connection that you have with your siblings is unlike any other relationship that you will ever have. They have you know, been with you since the beginning. They have lived life with you. They will experience things with you. It's all, you know, it's, it's such a gift to be able to have that. And that's how we were raised, the four of us kids to, you know, really have a good understanding of that and a good appreciation of that. And I think it's such a huge blessing. Well, I know it's such a huge blessing for me in my life at all phases of my life to be able to lean on my siblings and have my siblings to be there to support me and to, you know, love me and to be able to have, you know, so many different moments with one another and also have those built-in best friends. Like I, I prefer to hang out with my siblings and travel with my siblings, do everything with my siblings. Like I, I just have the best time with them. And, you know, when we were little, of course, there were moments where we're like, we fought and we argued about things, but it's, how we were raised was to always understand like, you know, these are your people. These are your built in support system and your built in best friends. And I also watched my mom with her four brothers and the closeness that they had and how much 
as they got older, how much they really leaned on one another for support in a variety of different moments in life. So I watched, I watched her really walk the walk when it comes to, you know, talking about the importance of a sibling relationship and a closeness there that I saw with her siblings. And I wanted that for myself and my siblings and I all wanted that for one another. So I hope that, you know, our kids have that same closeness and that same connection because it's the greatest gift that my Mm -hmm. parents have been able to give us is just like, we all just have so much love for one another. So I definitely um, want to make sure that that's something that I pass on to my kids. Hey there, hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. If you have been on the hunt for some really comfortable loungewear and sleepwear for women and men, let me tell you all about Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth crafts luxury goods that transform your lifestyle. All their products are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo. My daughter and I recently went to the Taylor Swift concert up in LA and I packed sparkly dresses and my Cozy Earth pajamas <laughs> because that concert was so much fun. But afterwards, all I wanted to do was take off the sparkles and put on my comfortable Cozy Earth pajamas. That's literally all I packed and face wash and a toothbrush. So whether this is for you or your partner or a gift, go check out CozyEarth.com in the show notes. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today, 35% off site-wide when you use the code DrCassidy35. CozyEarth.com and be sure to use that code DrCassidy35. And when it comes to going from one to two, (laughs) I would say like the biggest kind of challenge that came with it, and it wasn't necessarily a challenge, I would say it's an adjustment, was just like time. Like it was just dividing your time and, you know, having my first daughter, it was like, I could do everything with her. And, you know, she had my undivided attention, even though she was, you know, a year and a half old when I had my second daughter, it was like, all I knew was just my attention being on her. And so now with another baby in the house, it was like, okay, I want to you know, be present and love this baby. And like, I'm obsessed with this new baby and I'm also obsessed with my other baby and how am I going to divide myself? And so I think that like one of the things that I found challenging was kind of this feeling of guilt all the time of like, I'm not spending enough time with this one. I'm not spending enough time with that one. And then, you know, then you also think about like my husband. And so it's like, you need to then, you know, there's time for your husband and then there's time for yourself and for your friends and for your family. And and my stepson and, you know, other things that are going on in life. And so I found the, and I've always been very good with my time management. Like I'm a very, I'm, I'm very kind of type A in that way. Like I love a schedule. I love planning. I love all of that. But I found the kind of adjustment of, you know, kind of figuring out my time management with my children to be something that I was, that I found to be unexpected with, um, the adjustment from one to two. Other than that, I feel like because I'm the oldest in my, in my family and I am used to there being so much action and kids around and so much going on, 
I've loved the kind of energy level that it's brought to our home and to our mm. family. Like I've loved, you know, this high action, there's stuff going on. There's always people around. like, I, I love that. And that's how I grew up. And so that feels very comfortable and familiar for me. But I think the, um, that seemed to be like the only like, oh, wait a minute. I, I didn't realize that this is like, a, you know, as much of a thing as it is. And, and it also makes so much sense to me, the importance of birth order mm. and like why we focus so much on that, especially as we get or- older with like different qualities that I have that maybe my sister or my two younger brothers don't have. Like, you know, it makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, you know, I think that when I look at my three kids, I think my my daughter, she definitely got more of me time-wise, right? And just, yeah. And it's and by the way, like my mom, I was talking to my mom about this and she was like, that's just like natural. Like it's yeah. not like intentional, you know, like, oh, I'm going to spend more time with this child. But like, that's just how it was. And that's just like, you know, birth order. Like it's, it, it is what it is. It's not like a, oh, I'm going to, a conscious choice to be like, I'm going to spend more time with this kid and not Focus that on this kid. Child and yeah. like, which, which can sometimes translate right to, I'm a first, firstborn too, is like some pressure, some sense of like um, responsibility. Right. And, and so I, I really try to be transparent and talk to my daughter about that actually. Like, even though like she might not have like memories of, you know, becoming a big sister and and the difficulty that it was when you went from like having all of my attention to not and and some like expectations that all of a sudden happened of like we brought this new person into the family and now I kind of have these expectations for you to like when you're on the potty and you're calling for me that I'm like you have to wait now <laughs> you know like and yeah. even though like her, her she might not have those 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 physical, those memories specifically, right? Or just, or also just like the overwhelm that I felt when we had a second, right? And I may have been more irritable and more tired all of a sudden, right? Like her body might remember. So I even talk to her about those things now, right? Like you might not exactly remember that transition and how challenging that might have been, but I think your your body might remember because even though I don't remember, I think my body still remembers like some, like attention, right? That kind of comes with having now siblings. And and so just even being able to name that for her, I think is supportive when she finds herself now with two younger siblings with all of these needs and there's a big age gap. So it's like, you know, she's a tween and now I've got, you know, I'm talking to her about you know, starting her period soon while, you know, chasing the toddler and teaching her how to pee and poop in the potty, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's this big gap. Um, but I sense, I can sense in her moments where it feels like, okay, I guess I need to just kind of like take care of myself because these younger family members have these needs that are a little bit maybe louder or, you know, more physically demanding and, you know, her, her, what she needs might be more emotional. And so just being able to notice that and be able to say to her, hey, like it is not your job to have to like please all of us or not have needs to not add to the chaos. Like you get to still be a kid too. And I think just like, I don't think I was ever told that explicitly. Right. And so just being able to kind of explicitly say to her, 
you get to just still be a kid, you know, because that type A like perfectionist parts of me that I, people pleasing that I that I am that I still brought into my adult life, right, and trying to unhook from and understand. Like I want her to have that voice too that pops in and is like, you know what? Like being the oldest is hard. Like comes with like this responsibility that yes brings like these qualities that you know and and this role that I think that I really love and that I think that she feels part of her identity too and that it's okay for her to have needs and that I might not be able to get to them right then but they matter and I still want her to voice them you know and and then with each like just because you're bringing up sibling order I think that you know this is such an important conversation too like my middle child like him and I talk about like how hard it is to be a middle child, you know, and he's like, you know, he he's like, he's like, mom, like, you know, it's hard because like Riley's like becoming a teen and she's so much older, you know, and she doesn't want to play with me anymore. And like June is like younger and she has all these like, you know, needs and tantrums and she's, she can't play with me the way I want to play and just how hard that is to be in the middle. Right. And then, you know, for June being the baby at some point, everyone's going to move out and she's going to still be there. Right. And what kind of pressure that might bring and and just looking up to her siblings and what they've accomplished, right? Or what they've done and the comparison that can come. So there's, there's so much that can come up in that sibling relationship. But you know what I, what I really loved about your book, Goodnight Sister, is the opportunities that it brought forward to us to explore the different ways in which they can be connecting to each other and showing up for each other here and now. And I just, I loved that. So I, I want to – I know that you've got actually a baby that you got to go feed soon, so I want to respect you. I do. <laughs> I, I also, like, when I was listening to you talk about the sibling um, kind of dynamic and, like, birth order, one of the things that I also, like, always kept in mind as the oldest was that – and my mom always talked to me about this, too, because, you know, I'm the oldest in my family, and – I have three younger siblings and she's the second in her family. And so sometimes I would talk to her and I'd be like, oh, well, like I have to do this because I'm the oldest, blah, blah. And I also like, I had many moments, especially as I got older where I was like, yeah, being the oldest, especially now as like an adult, I'm like, yeah, being the oldest, like there was recently this, um, all of these like Instagram posts and also this article that, that went around that all my friends sent me because I'm the oldest that was like, oh, typical oldest daughter things, like different qualities that were kind of like typical oldest daughter qualities. And of course, like I related to every single one of them. (laughs) And I also, you know, was I'm able now to like look back and laugh on certain parts or certain responsibilities. But I also like when I'm talking to my kids as they get older and they say like, you know, oh, I'm the oldest, I don't want this or "Oh, oh, I'm the, you know, second, blah, blah. It's like, yes, there are challenges that come with, you know, certain uh, orders of, you know, uh, birth orders and certain um, dynamics within siblings and within families. But also, like, there are so many cool parts about each kid's, you know, birth order and, and level of responsibility and level of not having responsibility. Like, I think for me, like, I was always like, oh, I'm the oldest and like, I have to assume all the responsibility of my younger siblings. And then I was like, yeah, but I also get to like assume responsibility of them. Mm -hmm. So I get to have like, I get to direct them and to do certain things. I'm 33 years old now. And like, 
every holiday, I'm like, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. Like this is, you know, and I still do that as the oldest, but I love it because Mm -hmm. like, for me, I'm like, these are, you know, my mom always had me be kind of like a little helper, helper for her. So I'm eight years older than my youngest brother, but I loved the idea of being able to like help my mom, like help my mom with my siblings, help my mom with my brother's diaper bag or picking out his outfits and like, you know, all of that. So she really allowed me to kind of, or helped me turn it around to being Mm. like, yes, there are certain responsibilities that each, you know, each kid will have in whatever birth order, but you also get to look at them as being like really cool. Like for my, my sister, who's a year and a half younger than me, like she would not like the responsibilities of an oldest child at all. So she gets to look at it and be like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the second and I'm one of the middle kids with, you know, the two, uh, her and my brother Patrick are like in the middle, but like she doesn't get, she doesn't have to have the responsibilities of the oldest and she doesn't have to have like the lack of structure that like my youngest brother had because he's the youngest and like (laughs) carefree and like, you know, the youngest kids get to do whatever they want because they've worn the parents down and they're like, (laughs) you know, we don't have to have rules for you. And like, that was always something that I was like, why doesn't he have any rules? So I think it's also like putting things into a different light and a different perspective of like, you know, like I always was like, oh my God, Christopher, he's going to be at home by himself. Cause we're all going to have moved out. And like, he's yeah. going to be all alone. And he was like, I love this. Like I get to have <laughs> Great. parties. I don't have to have a curfew. I get mom goes upstairs and goes mm-hmm. to sleep and I'm downstairs with all my friends. So there's like, you know, yeah. A different way of looking at a lot of the things that are can be challenging for each child, depending on their birth order, and shifting them to being like, yeah, your siblings didn't have to experience this or get to experience it, but you get to because you're the baby or you're the oldest. And it's really, um, you know, I think it's uh, for for the four of us kids, at least, like it was we all kind of fit into those stereotypical roles very perfectly and they worked out to be, you know, to make us into the people that we are. And also like, you know, I would say probably like if you looked at Christopher as the youngest, he'd be like the annoying thing about being the youngest is, you know, nobody listens to you at the dinner table as much (laughs) as like the oldest. Cause Mm, like the oldest is like, everybody needs to listen to me. And the youngest is like, nobody wants to listen to me. So like there are, you know, different, pros and cons to it, but also like, you know, you figure it out as you get older and it's all good. It's all good. And, you know, I think that what has been really powerful for like me and my siblings as we kind of navigate some of these different roles and, and, and the, the different themes that come with like birth order and for all of us, it, it's really been like being able to like talk about it, right? Like for say, sure. Like, yeah. Say the thing that's being experienced instead of it just being this like family rule that like I as the oldest am the one that's going to like take on hosting Thanksgiving, right? Like name it because I think that also like there were there were times when especially in different seasons of motherhood where I had so much going on that I think if I didn't say, "Hey, this thing that happens in our family Right now, something needs to to be flexible and adjust because I am all my energy is going here, right? Like just being able to name it. And I think that if families and family systems can do more of like naming the dynamics, 
as here's a here's a dynamic that happens and here are the different ways in which it is a beautiful like ritual within our family and then here are some ways in which right now or it's no longer working or flexibility can is something that we need like communication and naming it communication and flexibility yeah yeah (laughs) communication for sure is like you got to communicate with your siblings about everything um and what i love about your book good night sister is like in this book it's really the the primary focus is this relationship and somebody who is they're navigating a big change they're changing. They're not, they're no longer going to be in the room with each other. And yeah. being able to say, I'm actually scared about this change between the two of us. And then the sibling coming in and being able to sort of share, okay, here, here's how we're going to navigate this transition. Here are the things that I'm going to pass on to you. And then yet still when they're scared, right? Like yeah. we can still come back and rely on each other and that that relationship is what is the core of what that connection that gets them through something scary and big and hard. And I love that. So I'll be sure to link the book in the Thank show notes you. and also your Instagram account and your website, which I know, which is where you feature all of your BDA episodes that we talked about that are so critical when you're in the thick of it um and so thank you so much Catherine, for taking the time thank you thank you for having me i hope you enjoyed that episode if you did you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to know when future episodes air and go and explore some of those past episodes maybe there's a topic in there that you've really been wanting to learn more about You can learn more about my private practice as well as my parenting courses and workshops at the link in the show notes. You held space for yourself today. You carved out the time and you tuned into this episode. I hope you take a moment to honor how meaningful that is. Yes, to me for sure, but also for you. Thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you next time.